home building and remodeling show. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the home building and remodeling show. My name is Chris Kirby and I'll be your host. I am the owner of three construction companies on the Alabama Gulf Coast. The show is about residential construction. We're going to cover topics of home building and remodeling. Are you thinking of doing a remodel or building a home? Are you a contractor looking to improve your knowledge base or grow your business? Have you ever done a remodel project or built a home? There were so many things you wish you knew or that you could have done differently during the process. Then this show is for you. We break down the process of building and remodeling and how to have the best results during your project. Whether you're a DIYer looking for tips, someone looking to hire a contractor to do a project, or a contractor looking to expand your knowledge base or your business. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. Stay tuned. We kick off the show with my thoughts on home building and remodeling. I'll share best practices and talk about some of our experiences in business and out in the field. These shared thoughts and lessons learned are meant to help you on your very own journey. Let's go. Next, pick your company structure and file for your business. Okay, so this is where the business side really comes into play here. This is where, as soon as feasible, you need to find a CPA or lawyer that you can work with that deals with business so they can help you understand the different types of business entities, familiarize yourself uh, with the different types that are available in your jurisdiction, so wherever you live. The common types include sole proprietorship, partnership, limited liability, and corporation. Each has its own characteristics, advantages, and disadvantages. Number two is assess your business needs. Evaluate your specific business needs and goals. Uh, consider factors such as liability protection, taxation, ownership structure, flexibility, management control, and potential growth plans. Understanding your requirements will help you in the long run. So on number two, this is where, you know, as you figure out what types of entities they are, read more about what each provide. The management structure, I say, is one of the more important parts, but also growth plans. Number two, potential growth plans. I can't highlight that enough. And the reason that you want to understand how it works, so all of our companies are LLCs that we file as an S corporation. And we actually have shares of our company now. So if we intend to hire people as we have grown, we bring in people that add value and that want to look at partnerships and different things in the future. Or we just want to give them shares of the company to be employee owned. Or there's just a whole world that changes as you grow your company. And so figuring out in the beginning what type of company works for you and your potential growth plans is very important. Number three, remember selecting the right business entity type is an important decision that can impact your business's legal, financial, and operational aspects. Take the time to thoroughly evaluate your options and seek professional guidance when needed. So that's where having a business lawyer or a CPA help you file for the company structure. Talking with them, bend their ear. They know, and, you know, you may want to grow into 25, 30 people. You may want to get, get big. You may want to keep it small. So just talk to them and, and it like 
me and my wife are joint partners in everything and we own everything 50-50 and that works for us. And as we've grown, we just have employees that we pay well with salaries. However, again, it goes back to is there potential for partnership and sometimes partnership is hugely beneficial. So just talk with your CPA or lawyer about um, what type of structure you should choose, whether it's a corporation, LLC, sole proprietorship, and those types of things. Obtaining your business license. So listen, there's a lot of information in this portion of the course because it's it's vital. So as a contractor, you have a lot of people who have the skill and talent to go out and do work, handyman type stuff, and even more than that, installing floors, paint, a lot of these things that really do not require a trade license, but all of it requires a business license. You should have a business license. Is it mandatory? Can you do work without it? People do it all the time, but it is a separator. And so having that business license from the, the town or the city or the county where you are from is a separator for you. And it does give you an advantage. Jimmy John's painting on a business license from the city looks a lot better than not having one at all. Plus, it makes the client aware that you care enough to have a legitimate business license. To obtain your business license, follow these general steps. Number one, research the requirements. Just find out what it's going to take to get a business license from your town, city, or municipality. Number two is the business structure. It goes back to, are you an LLC, sole proprietorship, all of that stuff. So that's why you need to have that in place before you try to obtain your business license. You can be an individual and get a business license as well. So if you want to be an individual contractor, that's fine. You can be an individual and go get a, a license to paint, do floor covering, handyman, different stuff like that. Choose your business name. We've already talked about that as well. Your name is, is you. So as you choose your company and like my last name is incorporated into our business. However, you may not want to do that. That's okay too, but I wanted to. And then also I ensured that, you know, homes or renovations or something was in that. So they knew what we did. Number four, register your business name. So that's where, again, it goes back to that lawyer or that CPA. They're going to help you register your business uh, with the state and have a, a legitimate business registered through your state. And then number five is prepare required documentation, whatever that documentation through the municipality is, application, things like that. Business insurance, they may require you to have some sort of a liability policy or something like that, depending on what type of business you're doing. Number six, fill out the application. Um, and, and that's self-explanatory. Number seven is pay the fees. Each a municipality is going to charge a fee for a business license. And, you know, as simple as whatever that fee structure is based on your industry code that you put on the business license, that's how they're going to charge you. How much business or revenue are you expected to earn in the in that town or municipality? That's how they come up with that fee structure. And now we move into shop talk. It's the portion of the show where I bring in a co-host and we cover trending topics in home building and remodeling. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Yes, and we've talked about that half the battle and it's not just us. It's not just construction. So I don't want to keep talking like it's just our field. This is 
I seen it while I was in the military. The same struggles I go through here with people and personnel are the same struggles that I was we were going through together in the military. Retention was tough. You know what I mean? Because right. that's not an easy job. That's a tough job. And so it's very comparable, but it's an industry wide now. It's it's in every uh, career field that you're in, you're going to see people come in and you're going to see people go. Right. And you got to be resilient. Hire, like I was saying the other day, you, you, you know what I mean? You hire 10 and you keep one. Yeah. And it does. I, and I it does David feel like say that. that. Um, but you know what I've noticed? And since we have started to to really develop the apprenticeship and we've really, you know, put ourselves out there. I would say our retention is definitely better, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're first starting out, especially as a new company, until you get systems in place and people in place that can take care of other people to meet the needs of the people you're bringing on, right? Mm-hmm. Or spend that extra time, then you're going to have people it, it, you know, it's a revolving door yep. and you're going to, like you said, 10 are going to go out and one is going to stick, you know, yep. but eventually every time 10 to one, 10 to one, now you've got two, 10 to one. Now you've right. got three, you know what I mean? Three yep. strong ones and you're building each time. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not all about you. You've got to have that, that team mentality. That's another big thing that we want to make sure that people know there there are companies like ours in construction that they want to grow and they want to bring in people and they want to give you a career. And there are ways to advance advancement opportunities in our company. You can go from, you know, being that laborer to starting to be the cut man to you know, uh, assistant crew lead, crew lead, project manager on up, right? right? You're you're now our general manager. And so you have consistently leveled up. And it's just because we're a growing company and, and you being here and coming in and helping, you're naturally going to progress as the company grows. And right. there are a lot of companies out there. And that's why I'm trying to share this message is because uh, they're doing stuff that we need to know and they could help us because it's right. an industry problem, right? It, we want the industry to be healthy, to be strong. And so we want to do our part to to make sure people know what we're doing. It's right. no secret, man. Exactly. You know, it really is. And it's weird to me when people, you know, try to, you know, I mean, make it a secret. Yeah. And it's like, dude, why don't you share the information? Right. Yeah. And I get it because... You know, it, a lot, well, th- as human beings, we should want each other to do better, to do, you know I mean? to do well. And that's what we've got to do. We got to share this knowledge and get it out there that this isn't, you know, and, and just like I started our um, Twitter account, right? Because uh, we do a lot of social media and put ourselves out there and to increase awareness of, of not just us, our companies, but the show. And you can't even construction so they have they bring up these categories and i'm glad that we're starting to talk about this so they bring up these topics of interest right so any social media platform when you first sign on they want you to click what what your interests are football basketball sports uh business uh entrepreneurship yada yada on down homes not not homes but home and garden right and it's really garden but there's no, there's, there's not, there is every category in the book, but there is not construction. 
There is not remodeling. There is not home building. Okay. The best you could get, and it's not on Twitter. Twitter has none, nothing about homes. The best you can get is every now and then you might see home improvement. Right. But and that's it. Give it a little thumbs up, and then every now and then you'll see yeah. another one. Yeah. That, that's it, man. So it's not. Why is that though? It's I'm not an sure. interest I never for people. Thought about that. You know, I didn't either until I realized. I can't follow. So if I'm on these platforms and I want to follow people in my industry, it's not an option. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, exactly the point. And so I'm trying to make it a point to get us out there so I can follow people who do what we do because that's what you do. You follow people that you're interested in, right. you know, in interior design and home building and, and construction and remodeling. It's not out there. You know, so it's kind of wild. And that's that whole change the narrative on our industry because right. it's still a dirty word. I don't care what people say. Contractor is is still viewed as a dirty word as, yeah. well, that person must not have an education. <laughs> right. Yep. How crazy is that? So we, we want to change that because it's just absolutely not true, man. And you can make a lot of money and you can have a solid career in construction, home building, remodeling and where I think it's prevalent is there's so much hype about real estate investing. And then you had all these flip or flop type shows. Right. And and so it started really that's gave me the bug again as far as construction. And so real estate investing is hot. You can find that on every platform. But real estate investors have to have somebody that does the work to flip these houses. Exactly. Now we're going to move into the portion of the show where we talk interior design. We're going to bring in an interior designer and we're going to talk trending design and products. Hope you enjoy. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Today we have Christy back in the house with us. We are always excited to have one of our interior designers but specifically Christy because we just get along well and uh we just have some good banter back and forth when we're talking on the show. Um, today, we're going to talk about new construction, and we, we'll jump right in. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is, why is it important, do you feel, to have an interior designer help you with new construction? Uh, well, I like thinking outside the box with those projects, so... That the challenge in trying to give them what they want, which they may not even think is an option. Even a new construction, I, I still think you feel like you're a little built into what you can do. Because you do get to a point where it looks like the house is done. Yeah. And it's finished. And they may be like, well, there's just not written. Now we got to rework everything to make this happen. And that's not always the case. Right. And so kind of what you're doing, even though, you know, there is a set of plans that the architect draws up. So we can look at those and we can get some some basic information off of a set of blueprints. Mm -hmm. But it's not really going into detail. So aesthetically, as the client is going through the build, they still have to make selections. So color choices, a different type of, of cabinet layout. And that may change mm -hmm. as well from the plan as you're going through and guiding them. And you're trying to get their vision out of their head and into the into the house. Right. Correct. Right. So 
part of what you do is now, do you have questions that you ask? How do you get the vision from the client? How do you start to put it together for them? Usually it kind of comes out in the, in the process is walking through the house, especially because once the walls, at least it's framed, they're starting to see a visual there. And so what, when certain walls are up or whatever, they may think, well, I thought I was going to like this and then I don't. So I think it, it just evolves as the process goes along. And so you have to be somewhat flexible in that time um, to allow those. Gotcha. So when you're, when you're talking about being flexible and things like that, so do you, do you ask them what their general style is or how do you pre-screen for, I mean, cause, yeah. cause you're, you're, you just start putting things together. Well, but. ideally that kind of, that would come in on the front end of the project because you really want to, you want to go ahead and have any inspiration pictures that they've been saving. Um, some clients use Pinterest. Yeah. Um, I've had clients reference HGTV shows where yeah. I'm having to Google that episode and pull up that countertop to see what they were talking about because there are different, everything catches their eye wherever they go. Sure. And, and it does get, it, it may not become one particular style, but it you kind of, yeah, but you okay. also get a pretty good idea and clear understanding of at least somewhat direction of yeah, what going to. So you're, you're, you're looking at the different things that they're sending you Pinterest or, you know, pictures or whatever it is. And you're kind of starting to put it together in your head. You're starting to see, okay, that I can see what they like. I'm picking up on a, on a, um, on their style. Like you mm -hmm. said, it may not be modern farmhouse. It may, you know, you may right. not be able to label it, but you're picking up on what they're interested in. Now, how do you, so let's back on up. So from the very beginning, ideally, would you like to be involved when they start to talk about even the plans? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. and what does that do for you or what does that do from them by allowing you to be a part of it, an interior designer to be a part of it from the very beginning? Right. Well, hopefully it saves um, reconstruction re renovations during the process. Sure. <laughs> because, I mean, yes, ideally all that be um, – you know, decided and on from day one, but that's not going to happen. Things are going to change. And that's where I was saying you, you have to be flexible with that. And there are some things that can't change um, as far as landscape and stuff like that. So, but you have to, hopefully on the front end, if all that's taken care of, at least the majority of it and, and sitting down with the designer at the beginning really helps, I think, eliminate the changes that can happen later on. And, and I'll tell you from the home builder's perspective, from the construction perspective, I hate change orders. Mm -hmm. So it is. Right. And, and the client does too. They do because it costs time and money. Right. And, and that I think is the biggest key and biggest factor. Yes. Mm -hmm. You charge for your services. We charge for, you know, our design services, but the benefit of time, the benefit, the client gets some of their time back too, right. because not all clients are made the same, but the majority of them may just start going down a rabbit hole mm -hmm. when looking at, I mean, there's thousands of options. Mm -hmm. So, a part of what you do for them is you you corral, and I say corral, right. but you you hone in on what they like, and then you offer 
selections. Right. But you you also have a pocketbook full of vendors. And so when you see the pictures that they're sending you, you're able to say, oh, I know exactly where to take them to look at XYZ, right. whatever right. the product is. Right. So. And so, they may find something on their own that inspires a room. And I like it when that happens, too, because you can kind of use that to work the whole design off of that one product, if, yeah. especially if it has a lot of color or style to it. So, Gotcha. So them gravitating towards one specific room can help you kind of blend the entire new home construction. Yeah. And I would say when you look at the scope of projects, because we do remodels and, and they're small, they can be small remodels, large remodels, but new home construction is very involved. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, and I tell this to the clients all the time, there are thousands of decisions to be made when building a home. And for them, it's from the very beginning. I, I just did, uh, you know, last episode, I did, um, I did a set a session on the the ten hidden costs of pre construction. So mm-hmm. a lot of people go into it and they don't understand that they have costs associated with building a home in pre construction that a lot of times they don't budget for or didn't know was coming. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we are grateful for our listeners and your continued support. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Get more info at our website, www.thehomebuildingshow.com. And as always, remember who we are, the Home Building and Remodeling Show.